So much to talk about as we look at the convention in Halifax. And now we have a narrative, Maxime Bernier, blowing it all up. And what does this mean to conservatism in Canada? Great questions, and we have a lot of wonderful guests lined up. We're going to begin with Chris Alexander is joining us, who is Canada's former Minister of Citizenship and Immigration. Chris Alexander, how are you? Very well, Eileen. Thanks for having me. What do you make of this? Did you see this coming? You know, you're you're watching from afar. Did you think Maxime Bernier was going to do this? Well, yes and no. I, I was um, with him a lot during the leadership campaign, and it was very clear to me that uh, over those 12 months or more, I think in the case of his campaign, he got very comfortable with the idea of winning. He was ahead. Uh, he had O'Leary back him towards the end, you'll recall. And when the votes came in, it was very, very close. Uh, and, and I would argue that if he'd played his cards a bit differently in the final week, he probably could have won. I think, you know, victory was that close. Uh, and since then, he's just never come to terms with having been so close and, and, and failing. Uh, and, and he's tried to have it both ways. Uh, and, and it's a dangerous game to let your ego uh, carry you away like that. Um, so in a sense, I saw it coming in another sense, you know, on the other hand, I didn't think he was this self-absorbed. I think it really is a selfish move that he's made. Um, one man bands don't succeed in politics, especially not in our parliamentary democracy. Uh, and it's going to weaken the conservative movement, uh, because he was an important player, but he's done it. Uh, we need to use it as a pivot point to come together, to uh, be more united than ever, to show uh, that the rest of us are going to stick it out and are going to present a much better alternative to Trudeau. The sad thing is that this weekend, the story should have been about uh, how we are going to beat um, yeah, the plan forward. But now it is about the stab in the back. I'm going to ask you, percentages are really important, especially for the conservatives. We have a vulnerable prime minister, one that many and others who may have thought about running for the leadership probably backed off because it looked like Justin Trudeau was going to be around for a long time. The polls are close. Chris, how yeah. much can Maxime Bernier really pull away from from the Conservatives. He didn't have anyone else around him for that speech. He was, as you say, a one-man band. But there are rumblings inside the Conservative Party that maybe they're not conservative enough. Has he opened up a story and a, a narrative that may make him the Pied Piper? Yeah, he has. Uh, and, you know, I think it's kind of a paradoxical uh, result for Max, because what he's showing is that within the Conservative Party and the movement, there is diversity. There are mm-hmm. different people. There is a mm-hmm. strong libertarian current. There is a strong social conservative current. There is a strong defense and security conservative uh, strand of opinion. I definitely belong to that. There's a strong economic, uh, a range of economic conservative positions. And we need all of those to come together to win. Uh, you know, we don't when we win when you're we're united, but we don't win when we're in some kind of uh, group speak straitjacket, when everyone's saying the same things, when we're so tightly buttoned down on a boring script that people don't identify with us. And I think that was part of our problem in 2015. 
you know, when, when we had the old PC party and reform running separately, you had well over 50% of Canadians voting for those two parties um, combined. So Max could paradoxically bring the movement back to life uh, and it'll help us if in the end those people vote for uh, the party rather than the, the existing party rather than some new party. And I just don't think he has the time to put together anything that would be a serious contender in 2019. How serious is this discussion within the party? There is, as you say, diversity, but is there unrest? Earlier today, I was speaking with Andrew McDougall, who, of course, worked communications for Stephen Harper, and he said, in party politics, you don't always get everything you want, but you get more than when the other guys are in power. Is it, are you hopeful that that will take over? Yes. Uh, I am hopeful that the 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 winning instincts of Canadian conservatives are going to prevail, that people are willing to have a little water in their wine, whatever their you know convictions, whatever issues they're most passionate about, in order to take back the reins of government in 2019, because the stakes are too high. Look at what's happened in only two and a half years. To immigration, we had a very strong system, the envy of the world in many respects. Now it's been run down, huge backlogs for asylum, uh, huge questions about the border, huge uh, uh, drift in, in the overall system. And, 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 and then there's the economic agenda, debt, higher taxes. You know, the stakes are too high for us to just this away. All right, Chris, yeah. I want to just ask, uh, talk about immigration, because, of course, that was you. You were the Minister of Citizenship yeah. and Immigration. During the last election campaign, as Justin Trudeau won, immigration and perception was a wound. It was a wound that many people feel cost the Conservatives the election. Here we are. The word diversity is being used. There's asylum seekers, but also it's tied in with immigration. We know what the Liberals are doing right now. They're going back to what you heard and the Harper government heard in the last election campaign, trying to label the Conservatives as not being uh, for immigration and also not being into diversity and really leaning over and calling out some of them for even being racist. How do you feel about that right now? Uh, I was just having uh, a bit of a impassioned conversation with my wife about this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it drives me nuts when we are called these things um, by fellow conservatives or by uh, our, our political adversaries. And what can the conservatives do uh, to change that image, though, Chris? I mean, well, first of all, we, we need to get beyond the kind of sterile debate that Maxime Bernier was, was fomenting on this front. You can't fight diversity in a country where Every nationality and almost every language around the world is already represented. He was attacking this phrase, diversity, our strength, calling it Orwellian, basically claiming that it's something Justin Trudeau invented. I'm sorry, but it's the motto of the city of Toronto, diversity, our strength. This is the city I grew up in. 
I'm proud of that motto. I'm proud of the fact that we make immigration and multiculturalism and diversity work. Yes, we need to do it under the rule of law, with rules, with um, an immigration system that has integrity. Conservatives delivered that. And, and we have always delivered diversity, two languages, freedom of religion, um, generosity to refugees. I mean, for crying out loud, the loyalists, the original Tories in our country, were, were fleeing a bloody revolution, fleeing for their lives. They were refugees. You know, so we are on the right side of these issues. Uh, and we need, when, when, when liberals try to label and go down market mm-hmm. and insult uh, and defame, we just need to fight back with the facts. And, and how do you, is, are the facts enough, though, Chris? You know how tough that was for you during the election campaign. The liberals have always really tried to use this against the conservatives. It's the way it is. And conservatives, of course, say to the liberals, they're spending willy-nilly all over the place. So have the conservatives prepared for this? It looked like they had. And then Maxime Bernier comes out with those tweets. And we, we all believe that everybody should have a proper conversation about immigration without being called racist and all those things. But did Maxime's tweets light a fire where conservatives should have let it go. Well, I'm having, I'm happier to have him the author of the tweets now outside the party <laughs> rather than having to try to appease him inside the party. If he's going to go in that direction, it's going to be hard for him to, to, to deliver the message conservatives need to deliver. And, and, and literally build on the legacy we've had in government. He was part of a government that embraced diversity, that led on refugees, that increased immigration levels. And we should be proud of telling that story. Uh, Sure, people are insecure. Sure, we need to talk about integration and settlement programs and all of this. And above all, the main formula for ensuring immigrants succeed is having a strong economy with investment, with competitive taxes, with um, trading relationships that are working with our neighbors. And, and all of that is under threat at the moment, as, uh, as you know. Mm-hmm. So the biggest threat to our immigration system and to support for immigration in Canada, apart from liberal incompetence and creating these backlogs and so forth, is, is our deteriorating economic competitiveness. Uh, because when, when, when immigrants don't get jobs, uh, when the economy isn't buoyant, uh, it, large-scale immigration becomes less popular with everyone. Chris Alexander, I want to finally go back to something that you brought up, and you brought up ego, and you talked about Maxime Bernier. Andrew Scheer brought it up, saying, kind of insinuating that he'd had this planned. What is it about a politician's ego? This is power. That's why we, we like watching politics. It is a story about human nature and power. Do you think, if, as we go back to Maxime Bernier's state of mind, do you think that this is about not winning? Is this about his sense of almost in power? I, I think it is. I think it's you know going to bed every night and rerunning the reels of that last week of the campaign and the last hours before the vote. Remember, he didn't really give a speech Mm -hmm. on the night of the vote. Mm -hmm. He chose to hold back, keep his head down, as front runners often do. And that turned out to be a mistake. Um, Yeah, we're living in an era, unfortunately, where uh, 
political leaders have bigger bullhorns than be- ever before because of social media <laughs> yeah. and, and can go direct to their constituencies, as Maxime has done, uh, and where narcissism is running rampant. I mean, right. I, I never thought we would be dealing with someone but like here... Trump. And there, there are lots of narcissists in Europe, and, and we have a few here, too. Uh, I think the success of our democracy is is going to be directly <laughs> Uh, related to our ability to find people and bring people to the forefront who can get beyond their themselves, get beyond their egos, and, and literally have a clear view of what the country as a whole needs. About policy instead of exactly. about narcissism. Chris Alexander, thank you for that frank discussion and your impression of what's going on in the Conservatives right now. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. All the best. Chris Alexander, who is a our former Minister of Citizenship and Immigration. I'm Arlene Bonham for Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.